So Money Episode 227, Jay Massey. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today, we've got a real, honest to goodness, rags to riches story. Several years ago, my guest, Jay Massey, he encountered a series of life-altering events. His wife was pregnant at the time. She had a serious illness. And at the same time, he was in an accident that left him with a punctured lung that prevented him from being able to work. And their family home was foreclosed upon. Jay quickly realized that he needed to make changes to survive, like basic survival. So he immersed himself into intensive real estate investor training. A friend turned to him and said, I have an idea for you. And normally when a friend says that, we are skeptical. But in this case, it really worked out for Jay. He followed his advice and the rest is history. He's become a very successful real estate investor, has amassed an an impressive portfolio of over 300 units of residential and commercial properties, as well as private notes and mortgages. Today, in addition to his extensive real estate work, Jay runs a training series that is available for others to learn how to turn their financial lives around, gives speeches, and has authored the book called Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. From Jay, we learn how to make money in real estate without ever needing to work with a bank. You know, Jay started out with a credit score that was basically inexistent, like below 400. And to this day, he doesn't even know what his credit score is because he says he doesn't need it for what he is doing with real estate, which can be hard to believe, but he talks about how that's the case. Why, when you think you have a money problem, what you really have is an idea problem. I love that. And what he would do, what Jay would do with a $100 million lottery winning, it might surprise you, it involves Black Friday. Please welcome Jay Massey. Jay Massey, welcome to So Money. I can't wait to unleash your story. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You have a real rags to riches story, and I, I want you to start there with the rags. Start with the rags and tell us where were you when you decided that you needed to change your life and what gave you the uh, emotional willpower to to get back and pick yourself up and be stronger? Because I, I mean, I know I want you to talk about your story. I know your story, but I want you to hear it from your, from your voice, how, where the struggles began and then the transition. Sure. But I might stop you because what I really want to know is like, how does someone who gets so broken climbs back up? Like, what's the emotional uh, characteristic that you need to really get yourself to a better place? So take us back to the before and then tell us the after. Sure, sure. And and at the end of the day, in my opinion, the riches, as you say, they don't matter without the rags. So uh, I think the rags are, are part of the reason that the riches are even uh, present. And we all have rags of many different forms. And, and I hope that whomever is listening, I, I'm talking to you right now. There's at least one of you out there that need to hear what I'm about to share so that you can hopefully develop 
the the desire, the courage, dare I say, the the gumption to go out there and actually step into the greatness that I think you were born to be. So uh, a few years ago, I was a financial planner and insurance guy. That's you know what I was doing. My wife, uh, by trade, is a recruiter. Uh, we had a when we were you know trying to start a family, all that type of stuff. But we had a mis- uh, a miscarriage, and that part wasn't obviously so great. And then we got pregnant again, and we were all kinds of excited. However, she has a condition known as hyperemesis, and most people don't know what that is. It means uh, that when she's pregnant, there's something as simple as water or bread she cannot consume. She can't eat or drink. And that put us into a completely different mindset and situation because now literally I'm waiting for that phone call. Is my wife going to be alive today? So that was very stressful, which made it hard to function as a financial planner. And so what we did, I started selling our personal possession on eBay uh, from her hospital room. Uh, they did what I still call an oil lube and filter change on her. I, I don't really know the technical name of the procedure. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, we were we've been able to have a, a number of kids. But here's the thing. While we were going through that, I, I'm not able to work as a self-employed financial planner. She's unable to work in bedridden, can't eat or drink. Money starts going out the door and we have to find another way to make ends meet. And a friend says to me one day, he's like, hey, I got a solution for you. And I'm like, okay, what what could it possibly be? And he says, you should become a real estate investor, which... Did not make any sense. Uh, We had a credit score of 398, could barely put $75 together. And it was just one of those moments where uh, I made a key decision. We made a key decision. We said what we didn't have, we weren't going to let what we didn't have stop us from moving forward. And it began to open up doors, you know, just learning techniques to buy and sell property using none of our own money and credit. Learning to raise capital uh, was, was kind of the whole thing. But at the end of the day, if you've seen two movies out there, if you've seen Cinderella Man and or The Pursuit of Happiness, if you've seen both of them, you pretty much know my life story uh, between the Chris Gardner and James Braddock. You, you, you've got it together. But both of those gentlemen in that movie were fighting for the same thing. You ask what, where does that emotional uh, you know, power come from it, it, it simply, if you've ever stared your children in the face and they've ever asked you, Hey daddy, what's for dinner? And you not have an answer. Uh, if you've ever walked through the door and seen your wife crying, cause there's an eviction notice and you know that the police are coming. Uh, if you've ever had to make a decision, electricity or food, you know, Hey, uh, then, or you knew if you didn't do something about it, if you didn't sell something, if you didn't figure out something, you weren't going to eat. That's where it comes from. I was fighting for food. I wasn't trying to improve life. I was trying to have one. And at the end of the day, my best thinking is what created that situation. And it was up to to me to realize that our best thinking, if that was the result of my best, I mean, if you think about it, I've not met a person who woke up in the morning and has ever said, I'm aiming straight for the bottom. No one ever says that. You've right. never said that. No. You, you, you know, and so your, your best ideas have resulted in what you currently call this experience of life. And if you're not satisfied with it, there's only one person to blame or to choose to take responsibility for it. And that's what we did. What year was this? I have, I wonder if you could repeat this success today. I have a feeling this was my, maybe at a time when real estate investing was something that was more accessible because of the way that the industry was 
manage. You know, people could get loans for 0% down. They could get a more really low credit score. You can't do that today. So how much of your success was also thanks to the timing of it all? I think uh, a lot of it was the success of the timing. And I'll tell you the timing in just a minute, but because we've all heard you got to be in the right place at the right time, but you also have to be the right person. Uh, so the time, you know, since you, you mentioned these things was during the economic crisis in the meltdown. We did our first deal June 18th, 2008, and it was not too long thereafter where the crisis hit full storm. So I think if the timing was perfect, there, there weren't loans available. Uh, because of that. So it didn't really matter if you had a great credit score or, or not. It's learning the skill sets that ha- give you the ability to operate outside the credit system. And we've done tens of millions of dollars worth of real estate transactions in many different states in the United States. And we've never used a bank. Uh, still have not used a bank uh, because we have these techniques that allow us to be able to transact real estate without the need for a bank. Can you and share you one example? That, Can, th- sure. I'd love sure. to learn a couple of these. Yeah. Just to sort of sidebar here, what's one or two really interesting techniques that uh, you could teach us? Here's a very, very simple one. Anybody can do this so long as you have a Craigslist. If you've got Craigslist in your area or something like it, and I'm going to use a, a car as the example. If you go to your local Craigslist right now, you type in the words uh, in under the for sale. Somebody is selling a car, probably a high uh, you know, performance or expensive one. And they're just saying, take over my payments. Will you take over my lease is usually how they're going to say it. Uh, That same strategy. I mean, if you wanted to buy that car, all they're saying is just take over my lease and you can have the car. That same strategy exists for real estate and it's just simply called subject to. And that's how we did our first transaction. I found an individual who was not able to meet the monthly obligations on the house. uh, Instead, and what we, all I did was say, hey, how about I take over the payments and start making them. Now, yes, I made that offer knowing that I had a credit score of 398, knowing that I didn't know how uh, to rehab a property or, or put a tenant in there. I knew that I didn't know how to do those things, but I also knew that those things needed to be done and that there are people out there, in some cases, contractors and property managers, th- whose job it was to do that. So I was like, well, all I got to do is get her to say, yes, I'll give you the house. And then I have to find a property manager and a contractor. And that's what I did. I said, okay, uh, I will take over the payments. And I knew that if I got a tenant in there, the tenant was technically going to be the one making them. So I got a tenant in there. The tenant made the payments. Uh, I paid the mortgage. It was very, very simple. The property manager found them. They did all the marketing. They put the person there. The contractor did the rehab work and made the bathroom better. And we added, I think we added air conditioning to that particular uh, house. Uh, And everything went along swimmingly, as they say. So, but, and none of that required one lick of my, my dollars or credit at all. It just... What's really cool about real estate is you can create you create a ton of value and you can choose when you get paid. And so the idea being that you found that renter to pay you maybe more than the mortgage because where of are course. you? Yeah, obviously that's the profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. You That's just standard business. You've where, got to get somebody to give you yeah. what your services cost. Where do you find these uh, subject to properties? Oh, well, again, uh, right now you can probably find them on Craigslist. Really? You can find uh, homes in this, in this category on Craigslist? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, I, very, very easily. So, uh, they, there's a number of people who will make offers of that kind. It's just a form of seller financing. Uh, you just have to understand what it is that you're looking for. There are many different degrees of seller financing. And that's once you understand that you have a tool belt that's very, very well versed in being able to buy any piece of real estate, uh, at the end of the day. And that's, that's what it comes down to is having a very extensive, tool built. And we invested a, a, a lot of time in studying the tools that professionals use to go out there and transact real estate and not have to use a bank. And mm-hmm. once you, once you've gotten that far, once you've gotten one done, you know, it's like tying your shoe. Once you know how to tie one shoe, you know how to tie them all. <laughs> how long did it take you to get back on your feet? You said you had a credit score of 398. You had, you couldn't put $75 together. Um, how long did it take you after your friend told you, I have an idea for you to actually start to turn things around for the better. It, it, it took a bit uh, because the first thing that you've got to realize you have to t- turn around is how you think, how you process, how you see the world. And that took there. So there's a lot to some degree, there's a lot of deprogramming. So for those that are on the younger sides, you know, of, of life, the, you know, let's just call that less than 40 years old, uh, it's going to be easier for you because there's less deprogramming to deprogram, so to speak. Uh, and cause you, you've heard things. I mean, you've heard sayings like what you don't know can't hurt you, but that's not true. You know, what you don't know can has, and always will hurt you. Cause I didn't know you could buy a property with bad credit. And, and I mean, you understand my, mm-hmm. when I, when we, bought that first deal, we were still squatting in bank-owned property, foreclosures on the record. All the evidence, if you looked at us on paper, there's nothing that says we should be able to buy property by all the traditional wisdom. But the traditional wisdom didn't apply anymore. The the marketplace is different. The, the, the call of the hour needed to be something completely different than what it was. And that's what we were able to provide. So after rethinking it probably took us i don't know six seven months to get our head straight i mean you got to understand my my wife between the medical issues and so you take your normal stress and you add to the fact you don't have a place to stay my wife couldn't eat or drink oh and i forgot to mention i went to go play volleyball one day and i to blow off steam and i punctured my lung so i couldn't walk and talk on top of learning a completely new and foreign industry uh, with all of its language and complications on top of the financial meltdown. And that's kind of what I was dealing with on a daily basis. Wow. And so right now, what's your credit score? Just out of curiosity. And does it even matter where it is? For it you? actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's why I don't know. Cause I don't actually, I don't care. Wow. I don't check. When I realized uh, that credit was more about marketing than it actually has anything to do with anything else. It's, it's really, it has a lot to do with marketing in a whole lot of ways. And I don't, I actually don't care. It, it doesn't really matter. The only time, the only time credit really gets in the way. And this was, it was very, very irritating. Um, it, it got in the way when I went to go rent a car, they wouldn't rent a car to me, but I, I, mind you, I could buy the car that I wanted to 
with the very same debit card I wanted to use. I could have bought it cash, done, but they wouldn't let me rent the car. Now, the car rental companies have gotten a little bit more advanced since then in the last few years. So they've they've got procedures now for debit cards and, and those types of things. But at the at that time, it was very, very frustrating. It's like, I can't rent a car, but I could buy it. So it was very, very irritating. And how's your family today? Uh, we have four kids total. Uh, so, you know, oldest is in college. The young ones are all going to be in school this fall. Yay. Uh, so, you know, daddy might actually get some work done at home. Um, <laughs> that'll be fun, but they're, they're good. I mean, they're good. They think differently. Uh, my oldest has started her own online uh, business on Etsy. Uh, the younger ones are beginning to start their own little uh, enterprises because daddy doesn't hand out money. Um, I, I just don't do that. I make them come up with a product or service and learn how to sell it. And they do. Uh, so my wife has started her own uh, business because we again, we just got a, a serious crash course and what happens when you have a single point of failure. And if you only have a job, you have a single point of failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I cannot stress that enough either. Well, speaking of money, Jay, I'd love to learn now, as I ask all of my guests, what is your overarching financial philosophy on life? That's an interesting question. Uh, Give me a some context on that mm-hmm. one when you say financial philosophy. So this is a, a saying, a mantra, uh, a thought point that you and that you've perhaps taken with you through good times and bad that you feel really represents how you think about money, how you value money. Some people say to Got me, it. you know, my money mantra is always negotiate. Um, nothing's ever, um, you know, a final sale or my money mantra is that, um, there's the world is abundant and I need to stop thinking of that. I'm coming from a place of scarcity. What's yours? Got it. I would say it's give more in use value than you take in cash value. Then you will constantly receive those little certificates of appreciation called money. (laughs) Give more in use value. Then you take in cash value. Then you take in cash value. That's a new one. I haven't heard of that one before. And I guess uh, that coming from you, it does not surprise me. (laughs) Well, yes. And well, here's the thing. You're doing it it, right now. In fact, this this episode, uh, if you will, um, you're giving more to your listeners. You've given more to your listeners through your books, your information and everything than you've asked them for in in cash value. I mean, what's the price of a book? $20, $30? Uh, Are you telling me that you don't have an idea in your book that's worth at least 10 times that? Right. Yeah. Well, this podcast is free. So uh, even more so, (laughs) even more so. And you, yeah, you have a book too, Jay. I want to talk about that cash flow diary, 10 steps to creating wealth in any economy. You mentioned a couple of steps regarding real estate and how to kind of position yourself well in that marketplace. What's a, what's one tip from your book that you really think uh, our audience would like to hear? Remember our audience, typical millennials, young professionals, very aspirational and, uh, Um, hoping to do more with their money and life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things like in our membership and our customers that, that are now taking parts of our education, the thing that irritates me and now just hear me out, the thing that irritates me the most that I hear from uh, the millennials, which first of all is, I don't know if we even like the label, but let's just go with it as it is. 
But for whatever reason, uh, understand that you don't have to wait till you're 40 to get this thing done correctly. Um, you, you just because you're younger doesn't mean you can't do a, a, a multi-million dollar transaction. In fact, we, we, I, <laughs> it, it's very possible because it's all about creating value. What the marketplace cares about is creating value. It doesn't care about your age. If you're at 90 and you can create value, awesome. If you're 60 and can create value, great. If you're 15 and you know how to create value, great. The thing about real estate, it's just one of the most, it's the easiest place to create value for most people because it simply has proof of concept. And this is the thing that I want you to to, to, to hold on to is the concept of proof of concept. I know a number of you, you want to do uh, other businesses, you want to do other things, and and those things are great. Understand this, you're always going to have the proof of concept hurdle. And if you can, once you've gained the ability to prove your concept, you know, you, the world is is pretty much your oyster if it creates value. So, you know, uh, just make sure you can do that. And underlying all of that, learn to sell something, please just learn to sell. I, I know, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, those are new ways of communicating and talking to people. Uh, but also remember that interpersonal communication is what separates uh, today's business owner from uh, today's investor, especially real estate investing, from just about any other person on the planet is the ability to manage interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In some ways, the social media, social platforms, while they're great in uh, sharing and connecting quickly and with wide audiences, I do think there is a downside risk, which is that you don't get out there and actually get one-on-one face-to-face with people, which is a much needed uh, raw talent. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it'll make or break you in, in a very, very strong way. I mean, you, you say you want to raise capital for your idea. You say you want to do something new. That's cool. It's just going to require new skill sets from you. And that's, that's like the, there's an eight step process that I talk about. And, and the third step is gaining new talents or skills. You must, you must invest your time and gaining new talents or skills. And I don't just mean the academic knowledge. I'm talking about uh, more of the vocational stuff, more of the learning how to speak, how to communicate, how to sell, how to inspire, how to actually resolve conflict. All of these things are things that you or your business or you're going to deal with in some form or fashion. And depending on how well you deal with them now, that's going to determine your trajectory later for sure. What is one thing you wish you had learned about money uh, when you were growing up, Jay? I ask my guests this question often on the show. And uh, maybe another way to capture this is um, what is a pivotal money memory for you as a child growing up that now as an adult, you look back and you think, wow, that that was quite a teachable moment or a life lesson that whether consciously or unconsciously stayed with you all these years? Well, one of the things, and it's probably more negative stuff than positive stuff as, as it relates to money, is that being a, a minority, African-American, et cetera, whatever you want to classify it as, uh, there are times in certain communities where you can be taught that money is for this other group of individuals, not you. And that's a problem. Uh, growing up with that mindset could cause you to choose different things. And I just remember as I've, as we've grown through this process, there's a phrase that I, I want everybody to understand is that wealth is for everyone. That means you. And I, I know it sounds corny. It sounds silly from time to time. But uh, when you 
say that or when you hear those words, wealth is for everyone, you should repeat to yourself, that means me, because you don't know subconsciously what may or may not be driving you uh, in terms of your operating system and how you're operating to go out there and attract more of what it is that you're seeking. And, and at the end of the day, the better problem solver you become, the the more you'll be rewarded, as I said earlier, with those certificates of appreciation uh, that we call money. What would you say is your so money moment, Jay? Now, we've talked a lot about the failure and hitting rock bottom and then how you began to slowly rebuild. At what point do you do you recall feeling like you had really come really far, you know, that you had, as I say, you've reached maybe the pinnacle of your, of your, uh, of the feet, the so money moment. Sure. Sure. I wouldn't say that I'm at the pinnacle. And and so for so many reasons, I feel like I'm just still getting started, even though it's been a number of years. Um, I, I will say though, that there have been many times where I'm like, wow, is this, this is my life. This is what's happening to me. Uh, one of the such time was uh, I got to work with uh, our men's USA basketball team uh, and teaching them some of the principles of cash flow uh, using Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game. Uh, I can also mention or uh, remember the time that I was actually on stage with Robert Kiyosaki in front of 4,000 people and it was broadcast to 90 countries. And I'm just like, Okay. Uh, I mean, and I've had the privilege of sharing the stage with uh, a number of, of notable names, including Tony Robbins and, and others. It's just, these are the, all I was trying to do was feed my family, man. <laughs> that was my goal. And all this other stuff keeps happening and it's awesome and it's fun. And I, I always feel this way when I, you go, you visit a job site after it's a vacant building and you put it back in service and you see the people living there, you're just like, wow, that started with an idea that started uh, with a need to eat. And now people have a place to stay. You've created some jobs. Uh, I mean, those are all, all things that I, I did not grow up thinking about. I did not know that I had within me. And I, I probably wouldn't know uh, if the things that happened didn't happen because I would have been too afraid to actually try. And, you know, today is just a different story because of it. Who is that friend that gave you that brilliant idea who said, uh, you should go into real estate and here's how? Uh, his name is Stephen Gregg. He's mm -hmm. still around. Uh, he's out there. He was actually a very strong mentor and helped me to break down a number of walls when it comes to networking and sales and, and whatnot, because I, I am naturally an introverted and shy person. So it's, what? It, it, I don't believe that. I, I understand. I, there's video proof. Trust me. It's all good. <laughs> all you got to do is take me to a party and it won't take long to go. Wow. Uh, I just that's just not where I recharge. You know, hmm. um, I'm not that, I'm just not that guy. Uh, I but if you ask if I have to choose between being that way or eating and my family needs me. I, I'm going to, I've, I've got to step up to the call. <laughs> You'll be an and ACE networker. You'll be that guy in the room, right? Working it. I, if I have to, if that's mm -hmm. what it's, if my kids need some eggs and I got to go make that happen, that's exactly what's going to go down. Of course. What is your number one financial habit, Jay? You started in financial services, transitioned to real estate. Now you're this full-blown entrepreneur, author. Through it all, what has been your number one habit that directly helps you with managing your money well and making sure that you're able to make the right decisions? I would say there's 
I don't know if there's number one, they kind of all three work together. One, uh, contribution and giving. Uh, that's something that we consistently do uh, with charitable organizations and especially our church. Two, uh, I understand my my weaknesses. I love to buy stuff and spend money. That's like just fun for me. I, I just their retail therapy. I am your guy in so many ways. It, it's not even cool. But because I know that I, I put myself on an allowance and uh, my CFO handles a significant portion of everybody's paychecks and payments and all this other stuff, because that that's where her strength is, which is the other thing is you let people do what they do best and and you hire out the rest. I, I I learned I'm not the best at managing money personally myself. So I hire people who are better than me at it uh, to go do those things to make sure that corporate objectives are met, that investors, and as we're going out there to raise capital, the proper reporting, the SEC, or whatever we've got to do gets done. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've heard that now from a number of guests. The, the, this, that first and foremost, it's about contribution. It's about giving. And I'm a big fan of outsourcing, as everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, I even outsource some of my financials because uh, even yep. doctors need their own doctors. So we are almost wrapped here, Jay. This has been a really awesome conversation. I love that, you know, the, the level of depth that you've brought to the show. We are going to have a little bit of fun now, just a little more uh, superficial here. Um, okay. Where I start a sentence and you finish it. It's my so money Mad Libs. Kind of. <laughs> and the first one is, the first one is if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say you win the Powerball, a hundred million bucks. The first thing I would do is buy a shopping center. Really? Tell me more about this. What is the rationale behind buying a shopping center? Well, that I'm that becomes my golden goose, right? You know, you're going to give me a hundred thousand or what was it, hundred million dollars? Yeah, million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go buy some shopping centers, and I'm just going to end up putting it buying more real estate because I I've learned you take care of the goose, so that hundred million becomes the goose, and you just keep taking care of the goose because it'll keep laying as many eggs as you'd like to go out there. Plus. I said earlier, I like shopping. And which, <laughs> <laughs> so that that concept fits very, very well for me. Plus, on Black Friday, if I own the shopping center, I can get in the door first. You, mm, know? you can get that, you know, flat screen TV for $18, but you might have to fight there me it for it. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm the one with the keys. That's right. So, <laughs> not, but I can. No uh, yeah, but. uh yeah. Okay. You win that one. Exactly. That, that, that's my point. That's my point. So, um, interesting. Okay. I've never, if you, if you can believe it, no one's ever said that, uh, never, no one's ever completed that sentence in quite that manner, that manner. <laughs> uh, my one expense that makes my life easier or better is anything I buy with the Apple logo on it. Ah, okay. Enough said. My <laughs> my greatest guilty pleasure is interesting. Um I I probably play video yeah, video games. I I allow myself I I restrict myself to playing video games only to a certain uh time of the year uh, cuz I can I can get totally drawn into it and you might as well forget 
that business <laughs> exist. Um, during that time period, I, I play Magic the Gathering. Uh, yep, I said it. Uh, there it is. Mm-hmm. And um, I do watch So You Think You Can Dance because I really like it. I, okay. I like to watch Dancing with the Stars. If okay. anyone on this podcast, including you, Jay, knows how I can get on Dancing with the Stars, I would be their first <laughs> podcast host. I would be the most obscure. Per- Although I've watched last season, I didn't know half the people. And so I feel like now I can probably qualify because I'm also an obscure person relative to some of the people who've been on the show in the past. Right. But I would love right. it if someone out there could get me on Dancing with the like. CD list stars. There should be like another, like a spinoff that's like dancing with the podcasters. I don't know. Something. I, um, I want to get on that show real bad. That's my guilty pleasure. Yes, I understand. When I donate, I like to give to blank because I, I give to usually my church is the is the first place I go, but I also have this habit of giving at least two dollars to uh, any homeless person I run nearby um, because you don't know. I mean, the Bible speaks about how you may have entertained angels, but more importantly, you you don't know their story. You don't know where they've been, and that person. I mean, honestly, I've I've personally have uh, re- taken clothes out of other people's trash cans and worn them because that's just this life situation that I was in. Um, and I, I know what it's like to be on the receiving end as well as the giving end of, of that. Where do you live, Jay? I live in Orange County, uh, California. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you live in on my block, you would, I live, I, I live in, in a very um, economically diverse part of Brooklyn um, where you've got lots of wealthy people, but also a lot of, um, lots of working class and then a lot of um, unemployed often homeless people. And here in New York, like it's just really, um, it's tough. You see, you see a lot of tragedy everywhere. You know, people are asking for money all over the place. And it's like, at what point do you, how do you even decide who to give to? It's really one of those things where if you have the money, you give the money. And if you don't, you can't, but there's, I unfortunately walk by so many people who are, are begging every day. And I don't know, how do I, how do I make that choice? Well, I, again, give more in use value than you take in cash value. Sometimes money is the the low common denominator. When I can't think of something to do, give them money. Otherwise, give them, shoot, to be honest, give them my book because that'll help them <laughs> up more than giving them uh, any, you know, $2 would, you know, give them an idea, help them to to take that next step. I mean, the, at the end of the day, that's that's what's missing. Nobody has a money problem. And this is coming from the guy who squatted in bank owned property. I've slept in my car. I've been on floors. Uh, I've not eaten. Uh, I've done all these things. Nobody has a money problem. We have an idea problem. And when you learn to how to package and correctly market and and get, leverage your ideas, it solves your money problem. So you just got to have a, they just need a really good idea, you know, uh, that they can get behind and and put their skills and talents to use uh, more than anything. And that's that's what I try to do in, in various different ways. Um, I, you know, uh, more than just the money. And yeah, sometimes there, you know, th- there's a, there's definitely more of them than I have dollars. Uh, so I, I can't do it all the time, but I, I like to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, I like to, to do my best. I mean, we house them a lot. I mean, if you want to make a difference, uh, you, and want to be in real estate, go, go start a, a shelter, 
You know, uh, that's still a real estate play. Uh, you may not mm-hmm. think of it that way, but it is, True. you know, you, there are many ways to, to skin the cat and make a difference. Uh, but the, the, the key thing to understand is that you can make a difference if you choose to. It's not a money problem. It's an idea problem. Jay, last question. I'm Jay Massey. I'm so money because. <laughs> wow. Uh, that is so out of character for me. I would never say that. Uh, but if I, if I did, I'm so money because I have a great team. Uh, my wife is awesome. God's been great. Uh, my kids are a great source of inspiration and, uh, I'm willing to learn from everybody. Well, thank you for teaching us, Jay. This has been a fantastic 30 minutes packed with so many value bombs. I've written so much down and really appreciate you sharing your story, being so open and giving us some inspiration on this podcast. Thank you and wishing you and your family more and more success. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap, guys. If you'd like to learn more about Jay Massey, his website, cashflowdiary.com. He's also on Twitter at cashflowdiary. All this information at somoneypodcast.com, along with the transcript and comments from this episode. And keep your questions coming. Submit them to me at somoneypodcast.com by clicking on Ask Farnoosh. And shortly thereafter, either that weekend or the following weekend, I will answer it on the Ask Farnoosh edition of this show. Uh, One thing to mention about that that though. Starting September 18th, I will be uh, going to a five day a week show. I will only do uh, the Ask Farnooshes on Fridays. So, so just FYI. And uh, if you want to tweet me, my handle is at Farnoosh. Love to see you on Twitter. Thanks to my guest, Jay Massey, for joining us on the show. And thanks to you for tuning in. Hope your day is so money. So money.